Greetings, friends and family. It is the weekend of Sunday, December the 17th. It's the third Sunday of Advent, and we continue in our study of Mark's Gospel today, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm reading from the NLT translation. Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Jesus fights for us. He, he defends us. He's not going to back down because someone opposes him. He's, he's not going to give up because someone threatens his life. He's not going to give in because someone puts pressure on him. You see, Jesus is a fighter, a defender, a protector. He is our champion. He's our advocate. He backs us up when no one else will. Exodus chapter 14, 13 reads like this, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. Then verse 22 of chapter 3 of Deuteronomy. Do not be afraid of the nations there, for the Lord your God will fight for you. And then in Chapter 20, verse 3, do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. We have a God, we serve a Lord who fights for us, and we see him fighting for us in this encounter with the Pharisees. From this, we see four incredible and wonderful characteristics of Jesus. And so let's sit back, let's admire Jesus this morning as we watch him confront the Pharisees and heal this man who had a deformed hand. First of all, Jesus's faithfulness. The first thing we see is the faithfulness of Jesus. First one says, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus's enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, They plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. We see the faithfulness of Jesus in a couple of ways. First, Jesus was faithful to worship. We're told that Jesus went into the synagogue again. You see, it was Jesus's, the Lord's habit to attend worship services. Regarding Luke, regarding Jesus, excuse me, Luke says this way, tells us that as was his custom in chapter 4, verse 16, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus sets the example. It's important for us to be with other believers on a regular basis, worshiping with others, listening to God's word with others, being taught with others. This this should be our custom. It should be our habit. It was a priority for Jesus as it should be a priority for us. Hebrews 10.25 echoes 
the emphasis, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Have have a reputation of being faithful to Jesus and to his church. Jesus was also faithful to minister. Verse 1 says that Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. It's a wonderful thing to be noticed by Jesus. Jesus didn't just go to church to sing, hang out, and go home. He went to church to bless others, to serve. He saw the man's deformed hand. Jesus didn't just see and move on. He, he saw it and was going to do something about it. You know, every Sunday we gather together and we bring our own deformities with us, our emotional deformities, our mental deformities, physical deformities, certainly spiritual deformities. You know, some of us, some of these things we're born with, some others caused, and some we just did to ourselves. But we're all deformed in some way. And Jesus Jesus knows this and notices. And I think we should notice as well. We should come to church every week to, to see who it is that we can bless, encourage, give hope and strength and support. There's a lesson here with Jesus, noticing the man with a deformed hand. Jesus was faithful. He was faithful in showing us a habit that we should have and faithful to show us that it's important to notice those around you. Secondly, let's talk about Jesus's courage. Now, not only do we see Jesus's faithfulness, but we also see the courage of of Christ. Mark tells us in verse 2, since it was the Sabbath, Jesus's enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. Let's, let's break this down a bit. Since, since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely, Mark says. The reason they're watching Jesus closely is because their last encounter with him and his disciples dealt with, with them breaking the Sabbath religious laws of working. They broke at least seven religious laws in the grain field uh, on the last Sabbath. And on top of that, Jesus declared himself the Lord of the Sabbath. Another way of saying, hey, I am God, you are not. For the Pharisees... You know, their blood's already boiling. They're, they're angry with Jesus. They're irritated with him for challenging them. And so now they're looking for ways to trap him. So they're caught up in their, their religious laws that Mark goes on to say, if he healed the man's hand, they plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. The last encounter Mark tells us about between Jesus and the Pharisees was on the Sabbath as well. Remember the Sabbath and all the religious laws <clears throat> that they had established around it was it's a big deal to these guys to the Pharisees their whole system revolved around the sabbath on the sabbath previous you know on the previous sabbath excuse me Jesus and his disciples broke religious laws they they took grain from a field and and were eating it and the Pharisees considered this work which was unlawful so when confronted Jesus challenged them with the scripture And he won the argument that made the Pharisees even more angry. And on this Sabbath, they were ready to trap Jesus. They're they're there. Some who believe that the man with the deformed hand was placed there by the Pharisees, by the way. They, They wanted to draw Jesus into doing a miracle so that he would break their religious laws, and then they could take action against him. 
But then Mark tells us in verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come, stand in front of everyone. Jesus was going to bless this man. The man didn't ask for a miracle or healing, but Jesus decided to do what only God could do, instantly heal this man's hand. And to make sure the Pharisees and all the others who were present could see it, Jesus asked the man to stand in front of everyone. Jesus was not going to back down because of the threat and the hated, glaring uh, gazes of the Pharisees. I think sometimes... God wants our deformities, my deformities, our brokenness, our weaknesses, my sins, our sins to be seen by others. And once we see them and we see the God that heals them, we we get a glimpse into his power, into his authority, and to his grace. Was it embarrassing for this man to stand in front of everyone? Uh, Yeah, probably. However, that embarrassment would soon be forgotten when Jesus heals the man's hand. In verse 4, then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? Even though the Pharisees meant to challenge Jesus, Jesus is now challenging them. He puts a question to them with everyone listening. And because it was a question about religious law, everyone would have been looking at the Pharisees to see what answer that they would give. God's Sabbath law prohibited people from doing their regular work so that they could rest and be refreshed from their labors. But it was never meant by God as a day to allow people to suffer and to remain under the burden of need when that need could be met. That's, that's in Isaiah chapter 58 in the Old Testament. The Pharisees would have left this poor man just in the bondage of need out of, out of a distorted devotion to their own concept of the letter of the law. They would have used the law of God in such a way as to inflict cruelty on people, not blessings. And notice their reaction to Jesus, but they wouldn't answer him. Some translations say they simply kept silent. They, they didn't answer Jesus because they felt convicted and ashamed of what they had become and who they viewed and how they who they viewed others as needs, it was, it was because they knew that Jesus had them over a barrel. If they said it, it is right to do good and save a life, then they would lose the opportunity to accuse him. If they said it's right to do evil and destroy life, which, by the way, was exactly what they were preparing to do, then they would have looked like monsters in front of the people. So they said nothing. It wasn't out of wisdom that they kept their, their peace, their silence. It's out of wickedness. So Jesus went to the synagogue that day, knowing his enemies were waiting for him. That took courage. Jesus confronted the Pharisees on behalf of the deformed man. That took courage. Jesus knew that his actions that day would be costly. That took courage. Jesus was doing this to display who he was and fight for that man with the deformed hand and for everyone like him, people just like you and me. Thirdly, let's look at Jesus' anger, the anger of Jesus. Notice the reaction and the emotion of Jesus towards this. Verse 5, he looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hearts. It shows us the compassion and the grief of Jesus. It's not very often that we read the scriptures that, that our Lord expressed anger. But when he did, it was over the mistreatment of people or over the hypocrisy of religious leaders. It's over the dishonor of, of, of that which concerns his father. And so here we see that Jesus expressed both anger and sadness regarding the Pharisees' hearts. And and sometimes we think it's a sin to be angry, but that's that's not true. It's never a sin to be angry 
over the things that we should be angry over. Ephesians 4.26 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. It's Anger is not the sin, but anger can lead to sinful acts. That's where we have to be careful. However, anger can lead us to righteous acts. Anger, if used correctly, can cause us to stand up for what is right. And in this case, that's what happened with Jesus. His anger and sadness motivated him to take action and to fight for what is right. He, he's not going to let the issue go. And then fourthly, let's look at Jesus' compassion. We see the compassion of Jesus. We see this anger turned into compassion. Mark goes on to say in verse 5, Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. It's like Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, you care more about your religious rules and religious traditions than you do about people, and I care more about people. So Jesus turns to the man with the hand, and he simply says, hold it out, and then, bow, boom, instantly. It's restored. The Pharisees were hoping to build their case against Christ as as a religious lawbreaker and have him removed and be arrested. The ironic thing here is that Jesus did not break any actual religious laws. He did not do any real work. He simply said the words, hold out your hand. This encounter concludes with verse 6 saying, And at once the Pharisees went away and met with supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. You know, you would think that even the Pharisees would have responded in faith after witnessing a supernatural healing like that. At the very least, They should have paused and praised God for healing this man's hand, but instead the anger, the fury against Jesus just escalates. Luke 6, 11 tells us that they were wild with rage. Jesus had confronted the Pharisees, challenged them, pointed out where they were wrong, addressed their pride, their hypocrisy, and the hardness of their heart toward people and God's word. And instead of repenting and turning to God, they decided to get rid of Jesus. They decided to kill him. This was the final straw. For them, the debate's over. Jesus got to go. Jesus would eventually die on a cross, give up his life. However, even in death, Jesus would be victorious, paying the penalty for my sin, for yours. And then three days later, the, 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 the scripture tells us that he would rise from the dead in victory because of the sacrifice, the Lord of the Sabbath offers heavenly rest, rest in him to all who believe. So what do we do with this Jesus who was faithful to the Father, courageous towards his enemies, angry at sin and compassionate to those in need? Well, we follow him, Hopefully. When we see Jesus confronting the Pharisees, he's fighting for us. And when we see Jesus teaching the truth, he's fighting for us. When when we see Christ healing the sick, he's fighting for us. When we see the Lord casting out an evil spirit, he's fighting for us. When we see Jesus hanging on the cross, he's fighting for us. When we see Jesus being placed in the tomb, he's fighting for us. When we see Jesus resurrecting from the grave, he's fighting for us. And as we celebrate this Advent, the coming of Christ, when we see him come again, yeah, he's fighting for us. And because of Christ, because of Jesus, we are more than a conqueror. Amen. And God bless.